Hi, this is Kristen Howe again. I'm the author of books, many books I've tried in my life. But most of my people that know me, I write... The first set of books I wrote was The Enchantians. And I'm here to discuss just my books for the next three episodes. Um, or four episodes. I forgot how many book series I have, so we're going to have to go through them all. But each we have to go through... I like to spend an hour on each of them. So here we go with the first one. So the first book I ever, well, let me just go back a little bit. When I was a kid, I used to like to write a lot. I didn't know why I liked to write a lot. I just did. Um, I have plenty of family members that write. My cousin, Tina Cassidy uh, Flett, or Tina Cassidy as she goes by on her books, wrote a book about birth, two books, I think about birth and a book about Jackie O. She's more of the political kind of writer and biographer. And I guess how to do things. And I'm more of the fantasy kind of driven person. And that is where my forte really is in fantasy. I've tried other books. But I never seem to... You know, it never seems to flow right with the other books that I've written. The Enchantian series... It's definitely my first and easy easy books to write. They're, they're easy, th- those books flow much better than the other books do. And I talk a lo- I talk better in my books than I do in real life because I'm still kind of like not comfortable with public speaking. <laughs> so you got to bear with me. So and these are my first podcasts I've ever not ever done, but real serious ones that I ever done. And I like to just let you know that that you know if I stutter and I skip around and I lose my train of thought it's just because I'm not really trained yet to do this I'm going to try try my best to do this so the first book um so I wrote a lot so when I grew up obviously when I was 29 I took my first stab at a princess book about a princess named Ambrosia and I still have the original manuscript that I did in 1999, I believe. It was 20, 23, 22 years ago, 20, 21, 23, 22 years ago. Wow. <laughs> yeah, that would make sense. But I wasn't quite 28 if I was, well, whatever. 29, 28, whatever, it's all safe. So the first book I wrote was Ambrosia. Uh, that turned into my third book of the series that I ended up writing. So I wrote it, and I wrote it so much in detail, and it was all over the place. And I'm like, maybe I'm really not a good writer after all. I stopped doing that for a while in 2004. I bought my real, com- I bought a computer. The first when I first wrote Ambrosia, I wrote it on a typewriter that I bought from a department store here in town called Bradley's. And um, it was my first writing tool. And I really got into it, even though it was very overly detailed. (laughs) Um, So in 2004, I bought my first computer with my taxes. And I bought it from Walmart. And um, I took a stab at it again. And I gave it up again. And then shortly after there, I started. I decided, well, I'll go to college or I'll go to the community college and start 
you know, doing creative writing classes and I ended up taking a poetry class and a creative writing class. And, um, well, let me give you some background. I, I, I dropped out of high school when I was, um, 18 years old. I was a junior and not because I was pregnant or anything. I just didn't, I'm not the, I was never school material, you know, I was never really into school. Yes, there was a boyfriend, of course. But the boyfriend allowed me to escape my home at, at school. I hated school. Um, I love I love learning now. I didn't love learning back then, that's for sure. Um, but I always had a tendency to write things like diaries. I have a lot of diaries. And I tend to write little short stories when I was a kid. So anyway... Um, so I was always told that, you know, I should marry rich, you know, I should marry rich and I should, I should do away with my ambitions of writing because I'm never, I was never good enough for my family. Not, part of my family looked down on us because my mother had emotional problems and her family basically did. Not that they did on purpose, but they did somewhat. And so, um... I began writing in, 2000, in 1999, and in 2004, I wrote it again, and I brought it to, I went to, I went to, first, before I went to college, or community college, I went and got my high school diploma, and I had a uh, writing teacher there, and she had said, I had turned in the manuscript that I had wrote, wrote in 2004, and she goes, well, it's really much too detailed, you gotta skim it back a little bit, and I did. And then I took, I stopped writing for a while again, and I took those classes, and in 2009, I started writing again. I started writing about a princess named Ambrosia, who had to marry this really ugly person, and in that time, I was being abused by my ex-husband, and the bad per- the bad person, my story, the evil prince, was my ex-husband. Um... Huntley, I called him. That's not what is in the book now. It evolved since then. But, um, I, I wrote a lot about Ambrosia, and she was a princess, and she didn't like her husband, and there was magic, and there was worm, a magic worm chasing her into a hole with her parents, and a lot of that. And then it just evolved. It evolved into, okay, what about let's make her a she elf, a she elf warrior, and I made her a she elf warrior, and again the story evolved and evolved and evolved into what it is now. What it what it is is it Ambrosia, the dawn of the new age, and that was the first book I wrote, which actually is the third in the series. In 2010, I decided well, I needed to write more. I wanted to write more. Now I was really into it. I had a computer at a desk. I you know my uh, I divorced my ex-husband. I had somebody else in my life, not Keith, but another guy who died. And um, I wrote a prequel to that. And I thought that was pretty cool. And I got really into that prequel. And that prequel was The Three Queens. And then I said, well, let's add to The Three Queens. <laughs> let's make a prequel to that one. And that became Aeone, which is the first book now of the Enchantians. So I got a little carried away. And, and it evolved. It, um, the Enchantians is a story about um, 
magic, obviously. She elves, yes, but different kind of she elves. Um, they are, they're, the Enchantians are from this, well, what it ended up being after I wrote the three books and settled on a concept and a theme, what ended up being a, um, a fairy named Doma. She was a warrior fairy who married an elven, uh, elven king, the, the, um, king of the silver leaves, I believe. And, um, she, she decided that she was, you know, going to be at war with this evil demon called Maroc. And, um, later on in the series, there is a book called The Demon King, but that's later on, way, way later on. I wrote 10 books about the Enchantians, and I'm trying to write another one after all these years, which is not so, well, somewhat difficult, but because I'm not really as motivated as I was 10 years ago. But anyway, so Doma was, so she, she was brutally murdered by this demon while she was pregnant. And when she died and as she was dying, she cried, she was weeping and her teardrop, um, flew. She was really magical. Fairies are really, really, really magical and really, really different from elves she elves and she's super magical and her teardrop um I know it sounds lame <laughs> um appeared into in, appeared in this black void and this teardrop made a well um, and this well had her had the teardrop make magical enlightened water and out of, the, out of this water um enchantians sprung up I call them enchantians because they come from music. She sang a lullaby, a magical lullaby, as her teardrop flew away into the magical darkness. I know it sounds crazy, but there's my imagination for you. And it works, actually. The book's pretty good. The ones I've sold through the years, you know, I've gotten good reviews and some bad reviews, too. Some people come after me because I'm a Democrat. Some people come after me because I'm Kristen Howe. And I have a somewhat of a sense of entitlement where I just say what I mean. I'm blunt. <laughs> so it does reflect poorly on my books sometimes. Um, so I wrote it. It was like, I think the first book was like 200 pages long. And then after I got more into that Aoni book and that took me two years to write, um, I became like almost 300 pages long. It, it, I think it's one of the longest books I wrote. So, Aeoni... So, the Enchantians are born from this well. And then there is a king. His name is Athos. And Athos is more like, not a king, but an overseer. Kind of the creator. And, you know, he he fell in love with another being called Rosella, Rose, Roselle. And she died. Because his evil brother, uh, Odium, Odium, and um, he, you know, wanted, he was, Maroc had found the well, and he cut his hand, 
And he wanted to make his own creature, his own enchantium. He found out, basically. And um, so he um, cut his hand, he put blood in the water, and then came an evil creature out of the water. So that became Athos's nemesis. And so and, uh, enchantings aren't supposed to die. But in this case... Odium somehow trapped Rosella. They're like, the Enchantians are formless. They don't have a form, really, unless they want to be, want to have a form. So, they can appear as elves or any magical creature, not humans, obviously. But they can appear of any magical form, and Athos chose to be an elf, an elven king, an elven overseer. And he meant that, you know, he loved Roselle, but Enchantians couldn't mate with Enchantians. That wasn't going to happen. But still, Athos loved Roselle. And Odium trapped trapped um, Roselle in this magic necklace. And, and obviously, I can't tell you the story, but it ends up a couple thousand years later. Athos finds his grandnephew after a long generation of Enchantians and so on, and Enchantians mating with elves, other other creatures, the real el- real elves, real elven warriors, and um, Amorous, who is now the king in this beginning of the story of Aeone, um, falls in love with this nymph named Capri. And I think I was drinking a Capri Sun when I named her Capri. I don't know where I was wearing Capri pants. It was some reason I named her Capri. But anyway, um, she was a nymph, and he fell in love with her. But she didn't want anything to do with him, basically. And he was from an e- Odium, you know, found... There was a tribe of elves called the Emerald Leaves in, in this fictional realm that I created. And... Um, Odium fell in love, well, not fell in love, but fell in love with the power that Sage could give him. So they became king and queen of the Cerumen tribe, a tribe of blood-drinking elves. You know, they get power from blood, and, you know, that's been that's been the case for a long time. You know, um, you know, people think blood contains some kind of mystical power of youth and magic, so I use that concept. Um, so Sage then, and they have children and generations, and it comes down to this one grandson of Athos named Amorous. He's a king, but he's a good king. He doesn't believe in what his father did or his grandfather, tormenting and killing. And I mean, it's all in those books about not so much killing, but warrior stuff. And... Athos, um, Amorous falls in love with Capri and she doesn't want anything to do with him. Athos appears one day as he's watching the nymphs in the sea swimming and he makes a deal with Amorous and says, you know, if I make that girl love you, you're going to have to make love, give her this ne- necklace and make love to her while, you're, while, she, um, while she's wearing it. So then there's a happening. And they have this baby. I don't get detailed, and I, I I don't put too much sex, if any, sex in my in that in those books anyway. I mean, I keep in mind that children or young adults do read them, so I don't make them 
very um, sexual, just maybe the allure and the implications of it. Um, so, okay, so Aoni's created. And she becomes a warrior and she's and but Atho uh Amorous, I'm sorry I keep saying Athos Amorous knows that she's special and he promised Aeone to Athos because Athos knew that the I would say I don't want to say soul but the being Roselle it was now inside um Aeone and so after a lot of stuff that went on a lot of battles and a lot of intrigue kind of thing go kind of stuff going. Athos ends up with Aeone. Sort of. He doesn't really become her husband. He becomes he wanted to produce special beings to rid his realm that he created after being banished by his brother Odium, which is Enchantia. And that's where Athos head until he could defeat his brother, Odium. So that's a little complicated. You'll have to read the book. But those are that's a very special book for me because it I really put a lot of heart and soul into that book. And you know, people do like it. They seem to anyway. Um so that was that was the first book that of the series and then the three queens, of course, go and, and it's a multi generational series where it ends up being Ambrosia being it's all tied into Ambrosia being the champion of the Enchantians. <laughs> and I didn't even see that coming, I know what you're saying, but anyway, so the basis for that book, the warriors, and the whole this whole series about. The warriors and especially Ambrosia, you know, she, she's a kind of a mix of my daughter Amber, who has had very bad medical problems, like I mentioned in the other pod cast, and he, she, you know, was went through a lot of surgeries and she was very brave, and I went through a lot. So Ambrosia is a combination of us both, basically, and then most of the characters are. Um, maybe not the male characters so much it was a little hard to write them but the female warrior characters and in the battles that they go through throughout the series especially Ambrosia because she's the main cat she's the main you know champion of the books and then there's of course um you know the the Evil Witch Allura, and there's Vesta, and there's, um, I have a, quite a few characters. I, I had a radio interview in 2014 at a local Republican station here. Well, not here in Connecticut, but in Springfield. It's actually, it seems like it's only one state, Massachusetts and Connecticut. I live so close, but like two towns over. And the, the guy who interviewed me said, you have a dynasty here, and I created a dynasty. I had to write a whole book of biographies on each character I wrote so I can so I can make sure I have, um, you know, continuation um, so I can make sure that everything is in order, make sure I don't miss anything. So that's how I wrote... I wrote myself a 
basically a guide book <laughs> on the books that I was writing to make sure I wasn't going to forget anything about their backstory. So sometimes during the other books like um, The Rise of the Sun and um, you know the the queens of old and so forth I mean the first five books are the best and then I started getting crazy and then the books suffered a lot after that the first five books are better and I, I even wrote a book in the enchanting in, in the enchanting and um, series called the hidden stories which I go back to the five books and take stories and I expand on those smaller stories and make new stories about the characters I had written in the previous books. Short stories. Now, these are only one or two pages long, but it ended up being like a 300-page book. Maybe less. Something like that. About 300 pages. One of the longest books I wrote. Um, the Rising of the Sun was probably the pretty much pretty much um, the longest in Enchantian versus Enchantian. Um, one of the reasons I had to split up the Rising of the Sun was because I wrote a 500-page book about the Rising of the Sun, Ambrosia, the Rising of the Sun, the Enchantians. Um, because at that time, um, Creative Space, which I was use, using in Kindle, wouldn't take um, more than so many pages for, um, you know, a, a Kindle book. You know. And then I tried to do it at on audio, which was a total miserable failure because, you know, they wanted special audio and I couldn't do it that way and I was confused about it. So I ended up not do. I ended up putting one book, one or two books on audibles, but it wasn't any from the Enchantian series. I don't know if I even have the energy to read all those books into the, to the, to the, um, into audibles myself because I think it would take me years. It would. So that was my first stab of writing, um, and I think they're pretty good. Most of them are good. I usually pass them out as Christmas gifts, or you know, or I my my pediatrician actually had a wedding for her daughter, and as uh, she bought a bunch of them, she bought twenty five, twenty five or thirty of them, and she used them as um, like favorites, like gifts on the wedding table on the reception area you know you get candy flowers and here's a book by one of my patients mother <laughs> that was kind of good I made a lot of money off that one but um I take a lot of pride in those female warriors because it's about it's about female power it's about self-esteem it's about not only fighting the demons from the outside that Ambrosia was fighting it's more a metaphorical for the 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 stuff I was going through at the time that I wrote these books mostly because I went through a really bad marriage for eight years really bad terrible <laughs> and then I ended that as soon as I could and then what have had happened I ended up um I ended up being with a guy who died in front of me of an aneurysm and then I ended up being sexually assaulted and then I didn't have anybody in my life for about six, seven years until Keith came along. And, you know, the less drama I have, for some reason, it's harder for me to write. And 
I'm the type of writer, if I wake up with a thought, I have to write it down right that minute or it's gone. And most, and you know, sometimes I don't get to that. I have to keep either a notebook next to me. If I wake up in the middle of the night, have this thought about any of my books or any new books I might want to create, I have to, you know, end up writing them. Even if I'm driving, I usually take my phone and I'll record my thoughts and my kids are like, who are you talking to? My kids have been, it's been tough for my kids as a writer. You know, it's mommy's always typing on the computer so focused on the book, especially after Kenny died, my boyfriend, in 2011, uh, 2010 to 2012. And that was was the big time that I was writing the first maybe five books of the Enchantian series. And um, when he died... I definitely put a lot of um, a lot of emotion into that book. It was an escape for me um, because I didn't. I had a hard time dealing with that, especially since I watched him die. You know, seven. It's almost been ten uh, ten years since he's been dead. Yeah, it's twenty twenty one. So he'd be dead ten years next year. It's been nine years. Wow, how time flies, and things change. I thought I was in love with the guy, but I wasn't really. I know I, you know, I've always been destined for Keith. So, anyway, just like Ambrosia was always destined for Zach's. Um, the last time I wrote an enchanting book was 2015, 2016, and it wasn't very good. It was called The Mirrors of Reflections. I didn't think it was very good, and I just haven't been able to write an enchanting book or anything really. I think they're good books, but not really anything that's. No, noteworth, no, uh, noteworthy since then. Um, but like I said, I have so I have the writer in me, and when I when I um, feel the need to write, I wake up in the middle of the night. I always have on my computer, and I always have a computer in my bedroom. I always have the word pad. I word pad. I always have some kind of notepad or word itself up, just in case I have this fleeting thoughts about you know. But like I said, unless there's drama in my life, I can't write these books for some reason. So I did. I ex. It was a. It was a draining of all the sadness I had. It was a draining of all the emotions I was feeling, and instead of drinking away my sadness or drowning my sorrows if you want to put it that way I wrote I wrote a couple books (laughs) to say at least and you can find them at Amazon or you can find me on Facebook and I'll help you find those books and I also have a I have a couple fan pages the Enchantians are one of the fan pages it's one of my biggest fan pages I have um one for each book series and um that has over 20 and it's taken about 10 years to get 21 2000 I, I really don't pay a lot of attention to it because you know I do have children to take care of so I did I did stop focusing on my books and I focused on my kids and there was it was it's very hard to market and be a self-publisher although I got a lot of offers I end up always having to be the one who has to pay for that and I wasn't willing, and I did not have the finances to pay for it, so I tried my best just to self-publish my books on Amazon. So the next books, I guess we can do a couple couple more books. I guess we can do the whole thing. (laughs) 
I thought I was going to talk a lot longer about the Enchantians, but there's really nothing much to say other than they're they're good books, they're good fantasy books, um, and they're women empowerment books. That's what I that's what I feel. Um, I don't think my current boyfriend, who I love very much, who's going to probably be my husband after this year, would find them very interesting. And I he's he's really never really found anything interesting except when he decided to start writing with me and that was a challenge and that was a good thing so we'll get to that we'll get there because that's my last series of books the second series of books I wrote the second book I wrote was um the first book that wasn't fantasy was um the sense of darkness in 2018 and I wrote that during the time that the children were being taken away from their parents down south and it had to, had to do with a a present that wouldn't go away and that was that was and there was a lot of kidnappings going so that has a lot to do with my emotions then about the current situation current environment I was living in or we were living in politically and there's nobody named <laughs> real named in that book but you can get the implications and that was fun to do but it was hard because I was doing something different and it was hard and it dragged on and I I, I did manage to finish it I I usually finish books within three months if I'm really motivated of course in the past six years I haven't been exactly motivated to write anymore and I don't I think it's just I have no desire at this point I did what I did. I think I'm completely drained. But then again, who knows what's going to happen. Um, the next book after that, I tried a science fiction book about aliens. And that was called Invasions. And when I was a, ki- when I was a kid, or when, I'm a- when I was a young adult, and even now I like interesting facts, or not conspiracy theories, but like religious stuff. I have always been a history buff about religion. I always been a history buff about mythology. I love that kind of stuff. I currently I'm learning to love um United States history more, but I don't think I could ever write a book about history of the United States. I'm not that qualified. My cousin might be able to, but I'm not. <laughs> but I I like things. I like interesting things and I turn them in I turn my emotion into um into invasions, into into something fantasical. And I tried fantasy. That didn't really work out for me either. I just didn't feel like I was really drawn to that. Uh, the third series I wrote was The Book of She. Now, The Book of She is more like a diary of sorts. And it, it's, it's about me falling in love with somebody I shouldn't have fallen in love with just before Keith came into my life. And so I wrote a couple books and obviously that didn't go anywhere. And I even tried recently to make another book of shoe book about me and Keith. But again, I'm at that point where nothing's coming. I'm blocked. Um, so I'm trying to remember what that was it. Yeah, and so the next book I tried was July of 2019. And this is a good book. 
and I tried to, I love witches. I'm not a witch myself. Although I've been called many times something else that rhymes with a witch, but I'm not a witch. Um, a witch book. I wanted to write a witch book, but I wanted to write a fictional witch book. And again, even this was fantasy, but again, I still had a hard time. At the same time I was writing this new book, They're, They Are Watching You, The Age of the Witch, Keith comes along into my life, and about a month or maybe two months later, I'm still struggling with this book, and Keith goes, why don't we put the character, the, why don't you put the character The Raven in it? And I'm like, The Raven? And he's like, yeah, The Raven, let's do The Raven. And I'm like, good idea. So we ended up finishing the book in October 2019 together. And we added his character, the Raven, which has come now to be basically the main character, the main, well, co-main character of the book, him, him and Maggie Gray. And Maggie Gray is a daughter of a woman who belongs to a really ancient cult called the Daughters of Darkness Coven, and the the first. It's, it's rather complicated because, again, I get into backstories and, again, I get into, you know, it's hard to explain because <laughs> it is, all my books are so complicated except for maybe The Sense of Darkness and Invasions. Those are kind of simple books and those are only, I've only wrote one of those books. The Book of She is just basically a diary on steroids. Um, and, um... It was really good. Everybody liked it who read it. And again, you know, you can't really market, market it because, you know, you put it on Amazon and it just sits there. But I do buy copies myself and I and I give them out to people. I've done readings on, on um, my fan page. They're watching you. You could hear a few of the chapters that I wrote on my main um, fan page, which has 2,600 people on it. Um at Kristen Howe, um, you can find, if you go into, like, videos or recordings or whatever, you can find all the recordings of all stories. I've done them all on Facebook. I read them all on Facebook. And people say, why do you do that? And I say, you know why? Because I, it's more important for me to let them listen to a story, that's one of the reasons, than profit from them. So if I'm not going to profit from them, I might as well entertain them, entertain with them. I thought about doing this year during the pandemic. I just really haven't had the inclination to do so. The book that I'm currently working on, we've, I've been working on it since December of 2019. This is the longest time, the very longest time I've ever taken to write a book because my co-author of the They Are Watching You, The Raven, happens to like to go to jail a lot. So there's no point in me trying to write it without him because he's more motivated into the character than sometimes I am. And I'm sure we'll get it together someday, and I'm sure they'll be good someday. I mean, we keep... we The Enchanting books, I have gone through so many times. And, of course, people, you know, catch me on a period that's missing or catch me on a... Well, on a word that they don't think that they don't understand, blah, blah, blah. But it, you know what? You know how many times I've edited that book, those books, 
so many times with the word processor. I don't know where people get off saying that these things don't make sense because it makes perfectly sense to me and it perfectly sense to people when I read it out. I get hundreds of likes. So I don't know. One another reason why I do that is to promote the books. I know people say that, well, that's not the way to promote the books, to read your entire book online. Well, if I'm not going to sell them, I might as well entertain with them. And, you know, I've gotten some good feedback. And, of course, it was always something that I would throw a chapter and see if I get bites. And if people liked it, I'd keep the chapter the way it is. If they didn't like it, then I would know about it and I would fix it so that they would know about it. So all the Enchanting books I reworked and updated uh, I think last year was the last time in tw- April 2019 I updated it. And when I say update, you know, go through it once again, like I always do every year. Through it, like the word processor or the Microsoft 360, you know, gets better every year or every so often. So I, you know, just make sure, you know, it's up to date with, you know, the newest, you know, sentencing paragraphs you know all that grammar stuff that I hate more than anything else I hate see I'm the kind of person who when I write I just write it out well I used to do that I don't really so much do that anymore I write it out and it only makes sense to me I don't even spell right there's all kinds of red blue green purple lines all over the place but then I go back and I would go back and I would go back and I would go back my favorite thing to do with books is that it's so much easier to do it on a, on Microsoft 360 or any writing word processor thing. I keep saying word processor. That's a really old word. Um, I don't know what on Word 360, any word. And I would, I would, it, it allows me to write a paragraph or write a chapter and Maybe move things around by cutting and pasting. Maybe I don't want this and eliminating that and adding something else or adding a sentence, maybe a scene or something that should belong somewhere. It's like a puzzle. And, you know, when I'm really into it, nobody sees me for days. I've gone six hours straight at my desk, and my kids would tell you, not even budging from my computer. So... Those are the way I used to write. I don't write like that anymore. And it's actually very hard for me to write these days. I think I'm just really getting too old to write. I've written a lot of stuff. And and it's just very hard for me to write now. It's not because of the pandemic or it's because the well is dry. <laughs> you cannot force a book. I mean, I could, I cannot understand how people could be, like, paid by a publisher to write a book and just, and, or any of this if you don't have the flow. You know, I can't get up and just write a book. It's, there's, it's just got to hit me. And then I'll write a paragraph here, I'll leave it for a couple weeks, and I'll figure out something else, I'll write it there. It doesn't come pouring out like it did in the Enchantian books for me anymore. Uh, the Sense of Darkness is pretty good. That kind of flowed, but again, I was dealing with a genre I wasn't really good at. And it was still fantasy and fiction, but it wasn't magical fiction or fantasy like I'm 
I when I wrote with the enchanting so it, you know the motivation isn't there I have a hard time with motivation with their watching you and um but I have Keith to help me with that when he decides he wants to stop going to jail I love Keith don't get me wrong <laughs> but he's really got to stop going to jail um, so I, 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 my guess is, is that when he does come home eventually and we move out of where we are, we are looking for another place to live because it's too small for us now and I like space. And, um, when we get our apartment that we're waiting for in a certain town in Connecticut nearby, um, um, and we don't have basically drama with children or we don't have any trauma with him drinking, or we don't have any drama with him going to jail every couple months, um, then, then hopefully we could refocus our energies and make sure all the books are great and start really promoting them. And I think that's what, what would ha- what's going to happen. He's my kind of, now he's my co-author. You know, it's kind of cool to have a co-author. I didn't, I never thought I was going to have a co-author, but, you know, Keith has really, has, a really good imagination about where he wants his character, the Raven, to go. And he has good concepts. It's very deep thinking. He's imaginary, imaginary beyond belief. Um, not just with characters. But that's a story for a different time. But those books are important to me and Keith. They're more published for my myself and for Keith and we and, and I like doing I like entertaining with them I like hey guys you know we're in the middle of a pandemic not that I've done this but last year I did and know it not knowing there was a pandemic going on like I said in my last tri- uh, podcast I didn't even know what was going on until my father called me and told me to go buy mass toilet paper and um what was it paper towels and hand sanitizer and everybody was stocking up on water, and and I didn't know what was going on, because I don't watch TV. I I really try to stay away from TV. I couldn't this time, you know. I I took cable off for a reason. I didn't want to know anything, as long as I was meeting my children's needs and I was okay. Frankly, I had the attitude like whatever was going on in the world, I just didn't want to deal with. Occasionally, I look in, but. You know, but then the pandemic was really getting bad in the fall and the presidential race kept me in tuned on the local, uh, not the local, but the like CNN for the, since November 3rd. And I don't think I shut it off since <laughs> really. And I guess I will change when Keith gets home because, you know, to him, CNN is propaganda TV. And, you know, I know he, you know, he asked me like six months ago. I said something about watching the news, like, real quick on my phone. He goes, what are you doing? I'm watching CNN. He goes, you're watching propaganda TV? I said, no, I'm not watching Fox. <laughs> That's propaganda TV. I don't know how those people lie. So bad and get away with it. I mean, have they ever been taught any manners? It's just so unbelievable. If they were talking about the truth and there was it was real, I'd be on board with it. You know, but... Total lies. It's just crazy. My my boyfriend believes this this president, and I know this was supposed to be all about my books, but then I got off topic, and I'm sorry. But 
he my boyfriend is so brainwashed it, it, it's gonna take him a real long time and no tv no interaction with social media hardly just to get away from get away from his confusion about political ideals not his republican ideals and i don't think he's only a republican because trump is he's really a democrat i bet you anything or at least an independent he doesn't really think in political terms he thinks in conspiracy theory terms so it's hard to know what he actually may really be probably a democrat but he is a registered republican and unfortunately he didn't get to vote for trump this year because he ended up being in jail so i guess i can count my lucky stars trump had one less vote and one less gullible sucker to have vote for him vote for them vote for him and we'll see what his attitude is when I get to talk to him after March 25th. If I'm so allowed to by the state, God forbid. You know. Um, that's about it about the books. And, you know, I am a serious writer. But I don't really have motivation to write these days. And maybe hopefully someday I can... I mean, last week I started writing a little bit about Ambrosia's return. And I just stopped. Because I'm not motivated right now. Maybe because I've been so claustrophobic in this house. I mean, I must have redid my house like 30 times. Playing for gift cards on misplay. And... Like going nuts on Amazon, <laughs> um, but those are the things that happen when you're stuck home. Um, I'm not really stuck home. I do do work, um, but you know, I have a kid to raise, and she's she's really more self sufficient, even though she has her disabilities. She's very self sufficient. I made both my children that way. My my younger two, anyway. I have five kids. Um, but, uh, you know, these books, especially Aoni, and they are watching you, the first one, anyway, because the second one isn't done yet, are really about, especially Aoni, the Enchantians, Aoni, the Three Queens, Ambrosia, the Dawn of the New Age, the Rising of the, Ambrosia, the Rising of the Sun, Ambrosia, Enchantian versus Enchantian, um, Ambrosia, the Queen of Old, they're all under the Enchanting series. And, um... The Hidden Stories. Ambrosia. The Hidden Stories. Or the Enchantians, The Hidden Stories. Something like that. Um, I created all my, all my covers myself. By, you know... Doing what I can legally. Without having to buy covers for 80 bucks a piece. Which... That made no sense whatsoever to me, but I understand. I mean, I can understand paying some money, but really 80 bucks. I, I could do, I did all that myself for free using my own graphics. My sister helped me with that, with all my covers. I mean, cause she's, she's a great kind of, she was at that, some, at that point she did a lot of web design. I, you know, I've seen her do a lot of web design and I know what she's capable of. And she gave me a lot of inspiration to do my own. So, that's what I have to thank her for. So, I wish everybody to be safe and 
happy Thursday, everybody. And it's what? Uh, 24 degrees in Connecticut and snowing. According to Alexa, that is. So we'll talk again. And maybe I'll read a couple paragraphs here and there when I feel motivated. Right now, during all this drama, all this fighting on TV, all this fighting everywhere is not really giving me a lot of motivation to do anything, much less write. Especially what what I'm dealing with Keith right now. With not that I'm I'm not really dealing with Keith because I can't talk to him, but it's very trying not to be able to talk to your boyfriend for four months, and I'm very upset with the state. I'm very upset with the lawyer. Uh, my my boyfriend's lawyer. She's a piece of work. She hasn't really done anything to help him. But anyway, that's a story for a different time. So good night and or good morning wherever you are, and good afternoon, good day, whenever you listen to this. And we'll talk soon. Be safe out there. Thank you for listening. <laughs>